There's two really important things to remember about this date in history. The first is that in 1998, Auckland started a five-week power cut in the CBD that cost $102,000 a week in today's money. The other is that it's actually my birthday, but that's the only reference you're going to get to that in this episode of Weird History. The National Party of the 1990s was known for one really big thing, and that was slashing costs everywhere. This came through in things like the introduction of tertiary education fees, school education fees, healthcare costs, as well as reducing benefit costs and severely underfunding major infrastructure before selling off those assets. One of the assets that it sold off was the Electricity Corporation of New Zealand, which was at the time in charge of the entire grid for electrical supply around the country. It got chopped up, carved out, and sold off to a whole bunch of different smaller companies, which is where we actually get things like Vector and Mercury from these days. It's an offshoot from that. However, one of the big problems with underfunding any kind of infrastructure is that eventually it's going to break down. And in 1998, that's exactly what happened, affecting the CBD of Auckland with a power cut that lasted five weeks and cost at the time $60,000 a week in lost turnover and hits to the economy, which by today's standard is about $102,000 a week. So the cause of the 1998 power cut was actually pretty easy to see in hindsight. Essentially, Auckland CBD was fed by four cables from two stations. Two cables were really old, like over 40 years old and well past the time that they needed to be replaced, but the funding for infrastructure wasn't there so it never got done, which is really problematic. On January 10th, the first of those four cables failed, but that's fine because there were still three cables there that were able to handle the load from the two stations. However, because the second cable was really old, that also failed on the 19th of February meaning that there was just two cables from one station suddenly pulling in double the load to handle the CBD, and it did not like that at all. So about lunchtime on the 20th of February, the entire thing shut down. All four cables could not handle the amount of power that was being drawn, and everything collapsed. There was no way of being able to run power cables back in quickly, and it ended up taking them five weeks to be able to repair the damage and get a secure source of power back into the CBD itself on a regular, safe basis. And since then, governments and places like Vector have been trying really hard to make sure this doesn't happen again, building up safeties and fail-safes and alternate sources to be able to get power through to the CBD, because it was really bad for local businesses and the local economy when it happened. You see, at the time, about 7,000 people lived on Queen Street or around Queen Street, and 70,000 people were working there. Suddenly, you've got this massive loss of productivity and all of these people who can't stay where they are because there is no way to do things like keep your food safe because there's no refrigeration. They were in the middle of an El Nino summer, which meant it was really hot and dry, which meant air conditioners were running at maximum. When this hit, we had people out on the streets selling food and vegetables and products, but people weren't coming into town because of one, there being no power, and two, the generators that were bought in to try and allow some businesses essential services really to operate were so loud, noisy and smelly that it drove people away. Ports of Auckland even managed to rope in a container ship and use their power to be able to keep on operating. We essentially shut down the largest part of Auckland's economy for five weeks, and that has a huge impact on the whole country. 
because as much as people south of the Bombay Hills don't like to admit it, at the time Auckland CBD was literally the economic centre of anything commercial that was going on. And it was gone. Like that. Some government estimates had up to 60,000 of the 70,000 people employed in the CBD who suddenly had to work from home or who got relocated to offices around the rest of the country or even Australia. Of the 7,000 people living within the CBD at the time, 90% of them had to relocate temporarily. And suddenly that sucks a whole bunch of money out of the economy within the largest turnover part of the entire country at the time. The economy itself of the entire country hung on a thread because of four cables that couldn't handle their load. Now naturally this was not something that anybody wanted to have last a long time, but five weeks to get everything back up and running was only a stopgap measure. Between then and now the CBD has had regular-ish kind of power cuts. Some of them were completely out of the blue like a large storm that ran through there a couple of years ago. Others have been planned as part of the process of rebuilding a network and ensuring that there was safeties put in place to enable nothing like this to ever happen again. And there are still people to this day who are anxious about the CBD because of what happened there, which is understandable. If you got stuck in an elevator in the CBD and didn't know how long you're going to be there for, and then you found out that all the power had been cut, you'd think you were in some kind of post-apocalyptic nightmare. You probably were. It's called Auckland CBD in the 90s, which was, to be fair, a different place. They had two Burger Kings. It was a wild, wild time. Anyway, that is the story of the Great Power Cut of 1998, and, to be fair, one of the funniest things that ever happened on my birthday. I just thought it was hilarious as a small town kid in the Waikato going, ha ha ha, ah, sucks to be in Auckland. Look at me now. Anyway, I'm going to go and have birthday cake or something like that, I don't know. I will catch you guys all later. Have a great week. Thank you very much for watching the show. Kakite. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to like, share, and subscribe, where you can learn a whole bunch of other random stuff like the time that a small town sold its name to a lingerie company, or what the mysterious mystery is behind the mystery of Mystery Creek. Otherwise, feel free to tune in and listen to some of the other stuff that we've got. Check out the vlog or some of the strange short films that people seem to be enjoying for some weird reason. 